The reading is from Genesis chapter 15 uh, on page 15 in the Church Bibles. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, You have given me no children so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to take possession of it. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I shall gain possession of it? So the Lord said to him, Bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abram brought all these to him, cut them in two, and arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Then birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for four hundred years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and they'll be enslaved and ill-treated there. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterwards they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your ancestors in peace, and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here, for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking brazier with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram and said, to your descendants I give this land, from the wadi of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, Kenizzites, Cadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Rephaites, Amorites, Canaanites, Girgashites, and Jebusites. Um, my name's Stephen, in case you've forgotten um, earlier. Uh, and... and uh, um, this summer, me and my wife went to see uh, our niece and nephew who live in kind of Cardiff, and our niece is three years old. And like, w- w- when our three-year-old niece like, knows that we're coming, she kind of waits by the door, like, prowling, ready to jump. And you go through the door, and, and you're like uh, attacked with her shouting, Auntie Lizzie, Uncle Stephen! And then she pulls out this, like, look what I did! Now, 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 now. To the untrained eye, 
Like, you're a bit lost for words at that moment. But like, this is clearly something super important to, 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 to our little niece. She, she, like, you can see that the, the hours have gone into it, the crayon work, the, 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 the over-the-top PVA glue, the glitter, the feathers thrown in there. You're like, wow. So I've learned the way to deal with this. I say, that looks amazing. Tell me about it. And then she'll go off into details and tell you what's going on. And in some ways, you kind of look at that reading that we just heard, and you're like, this looks like a big, weird, old mess. Like a, like a niece's three-year-old drawing kind of thing. You've got smoking, blazing, fiery things. You've got uh, heifers. What's a heifer? You've got covenants. Like, what on earth is going on? Well, well, this may surprise you, but... um. One kind of really big theologian guy, he said, out of all the 1,189 chapters of the Bible, if he could only have one chapter, he'd choose this one. A guy called R.C. Sproul. It's that important. So if you're sitting comfortably, let me tell you all about it. Because we're tracking, following the story of a guy called Abraham. Um, and Abraham's kind of been, been promised by God three massive promises. God said to Abraham, you're going to have people. Like, like, there's going to be descendants coming from you as numerous as the dust on the earth, the sand on the seashore, sandy people. He says, land, Abraham, you're going to be given this, this, this place to live, a land that to call your own, your home, land, and blessing. God's like, hey, Abraham, through you, I'm going to bless the whole entire world, a conduit of blessing to the world. And we've been saying that through these promises, well, God's turning the world like right side up. He's ending everything wrong, making things right. But by the time we reach Genesis chapter 15, reality is not kind of tracking with God's promises, is it? I mean, I mean, God's promised him loads and loads of kids. In reality, Abraham's got nothing. God's promised him that he's going to have a home, a land of his own. In reality, Abraham's living in a tent as a nomad. As one Bible teacher said, it's looking more and more bleak for Abraham with every passing year that God will do what he said he will do. And I think by the time we reach Genesis 15, Abraham's struggling. He's like doubting. He's like, I mean, look at him. Verse 1, God says, do not be afraid for the first time in the Bible. That shows you this guy, well, he needs to be comforted, needs to be cheered. Verse 2, he says, um, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? Like, he's like, God, you've promised me a sandy multitude. I've got nothing. I just want one kid, like, like one child. And I know it's going to be okay because it's looking like the one who's going to inherit everything is Eliezer of Damascus. Now, our succession game in the UK is pretty good at the moment, I think. Uh, we, we've, I'm sure all of us have done this. Like, looked at the royal family tree to see where the crown's going to go, you know? So I'm going to test you. Are you ready? Um, this is, you, you can join in this, by the way. Um, who's next in line to the throne? There's a bit of nerves there, not sure. William. Who's after William? George. Anyone after George? Charlotte. Anyone know, this is going to test you to the limit, who the 20th person in the line to the throne is? It's me! No, um, Nigel, who is it? It's Zara Tindall! How, how does he know that? Wow, that's impressive. It's Zara Tindall! But like, like, like it goes through the family line, related by blood, the crown goes down. See, that's what would happen with, with an heir 
with the family name, it goes down the family. But if you've got no heir, you kind of have to adopt someone in. And Eliezer's kind of this, this guy who's in Abraham's workforce. He's like, I'm going to have to adopt him in to become my kid? Like, what's that about? I just want one child. And, and for Abraham and his wife, Sarai, well, they're like any couple who kind of have been wanting to have a child and, 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 and it just looks further and further and further away and you can feel their pain. You sense how hard this is for them, right? But um, I love the way that Abraham doubts and talks to God. This is, this is um, uh, like faith doubts faithfully. That's kind of what Abraham is doing here. He says, Sovereign Lord, he's like, God, I want to trust you. I want to believe. Help me to trust you. That's kind of a, an ancient uh, Christian writer said, like, this is faith seeking understanding. He's looking, he's asking, he's questioning. And hey, I think this is beautiful because it means that kind of um, doubts don't disqualify us from God. It's okay to doubt and to wrestle. But Abraham tells us how to do it. He goes to God. He doubts with God in the picture. Like, don't doubt alone. Talk to him. Like, faith doubts faithfully. And I love the way that God treats him. You notice it. God doesn't kind of like slap him in the face and go, whoa, don't you dare doubt. No, no, no. Our God is loving. Our God is kind to those who are low and broken. In fact, that's a pattern throughout Genesis. He comes close to those who are hurting. And look at verse 4. The Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. God took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, so shall your offspring be. God says, Abraham, trust what I say. He kind of, he goes, trust what I say. It's, it's almost like God like doubles down. He says, Abraham, you will definitely have a galaxy sized family. Like trust what I say. Trust me. And, and kind of, Abraham's there, looking at this like, like, like glittering carpet of twinkling stars. And he believes. He believes that God is able to do the impossible. That, 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 that starry host would be his future. And we get these amazing words in verse 6. Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited to him as righteousness. This is kind of one of those verses in the Bible that there's like a flare that just like pops out and lights up everything. Because this is amazing. Like like, like, like God is saying that kind of um, righteousness, like right standing, perfection in God's eyes, kind of being in God's good books. That doesn't come from doing stuff and being nice and being kind and being good. No, no. It comes from believing the one who is good. This is amazing. God's showing us how the Christian life works, actually. In fact, this verse is so important that it's kind of picked up on later on in the Bible. So um, later on in the Bible, thousands of years later, a guy called Paul writes this. The words, it was credited to him, were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe. See... Abraham shows us astonishing, astonishing face. I will, be, I will believe you in something so staggering and I'll stake my whole life on it. 
And there he's kind of the pattern for every single Christian in this room today. It's a bit like um, this. That there is a prototype. That's the prototype iPhone. Isn't that cool? Can you see the screen in the bottom right-hand corner? That's the iPhone screen. If you look closer, you can kind of see the camera and the home button thing. That's amazing. That's, that's an iPhone in prototype form. And you can kind of see the similarities kind of tracking through there. There's next to it. Um, and see, Abraham is kind of like the prototype Christian. He shows us what faith looks like. He's the prototype of Margaret, the prototype of Alfie, who kind of um, have this faith and are made right in God's standing. Because that's how God works. It's not by doing, but by believing, by trusting. And so, if you think about it, this is sensational. Um, in the New Testament, it says this. Those who have faith are the children of Abraham. So, so, so when God shows Abraham that starry night sky and says, those are your children, he's talking about Alfie. He's talking about Margaret. He's talking about every single Christian believer. You're one of those twinkling lanterns in the sky if you have faith made righteous by that belief. And actually think about it. That means that that, that this room here is living proof that God is good to his word. That God always keeps his promise. God says, trust what I say. Look at the stars. Hey, look here. We're proof that God kept that promise. Wow. But um, I think Abraham's a bit British here. I think he kind of only sees negative things. Uh, do you notice that? <laughs> like God gives him this amazing thing. That's just what I say. And in, and in verse 8, Abraham says, um, But sovereign Lord, how can I know that I'll gain possession of the land? He's looking around, seeing these other like um, tribes and nations living on the land that God's promised him. And he's like, I've got a tent. I've not got no home. <laughs> what? But again, God doesn't smite him or rebuke him. God draws close and comforts him. First time, God said, trust what I say. This time, God says, trust what I do. Well, actually, he doesn't. Verse 9, God says, bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. See, see, Abraham wants a sign um, to, to, to prove that God's going to be good to his word. And God brings a pigeon. I don't know. I, I didn't have a pigeon. This is all I had as a parrot. Um, he, he, he says, bring me a heifer like a cow. God says, bring me a goat or a reindeer with uh, antlers cut off. He, he says, um, bring me a, a, a dove. <laughs> oh, no. Um, bring me a, a ram. And like, that looks weird. I mean, I mean, it feels like a kind of shopping list for a potion, right? God's like, hey, bring me um, the, the wing of a dove and a three-year-old ram. I'll mix them up. I mean, I promise keeping potion for you. Don't worry. Like, what on earth is going on? And do you know what's freaky? Look at verse 10. Verse 10. Um, Abraham brought all these to him. Abraham doesn't question God. Abraham doesn't say, hey, what on earth do you want? He knows what's going on. And then, Abraham, verse 10 cut them in half and arrange the halves opposite each other. Okay, this is getting very odd now, right? And it may seem weird to us in 2022, but actually kind of back then, it's kind of a normal sight because this is how you cut covenant with someone. And you may have not heard of that word before. It might be an alien word to you. Covenant, um, it, it, we have them all around us actually. Kind of marriage is a great example of that. Baptism is a great example of that. 
a guy called Tim Chester said this. He said, a covenant is a, is a bit like a contract. Promises are made, um, commitments are given. It's a formal act. But covenants change the relationships of those involved. Covenants are relational contracts. And this is kind of why this chapter is so important. Because this is one of the few times in the Bible when God makes a covenant with people. When he binds himself to people. So Abe kind of gets these animals. I'm going to need some help here to kind of cut some animals up. Thanks. Um, <laughs> um, do, you want, do you want to take, take the cow, Ben? There you go. Matt, do you want to take the, the reindeer? Uh, if you're, yeah, you might want to close your eyes now and turn away. This is going to get quite brutal. Um, <laughs> this is what Abraham would have done <laughs> with scissors. Oh, oh lovely. This is what Abraham does. He kind of cuts these animals up and then, and then he, he kind of lays them out, making this aisleway of blood and gore. Lovely. There we go. Oh, oh Ben, you're quite brutal. Oh, lovely. Thank you. Thank you. He, he makes this aisleway of kind of dead animals, of blood, and butchered fluff. Um, and you're like, what's going on? Well, this is kind of a covenant, right? Um, so in those days, like um, a, a big like ruler, kind of powerful person would make a covenant with a smaller, lesser person. And kind of the powerful person's kind of saying, hey, I'll be your shield. I'll protect you. And the lesser person's saying, um, um, I'll serve you loyally and faithfully. And to kind of sign that covenant, see, we'd get a pen out and go, Stephen Demetrio, 2nd of October, lovely. But theirs is much cooler. They kind of walk through this aisle of blood and gore, that the lesser person first, followed by the greater person. And they'd walk through. Um, and as they're walking through, these dead butchered animals kind of serve as <laughs> those pictures in the dentist. If you're squeamish, turn away now, because this is going to scar you. Um, at the dentist, you see these, these things, you know, they're, they're like rotten, decaying teeth. You know what I mean? Um, and you walk into a dentist, and, and they're there, I'll turn it off, um, they're there to kind of scare you into brushing your teeth. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I'm brushing my teeth now, I'm flossing now. I don't look like, whoa. That's what these animals are there for? Because <laughs> as kind of you walk through the animals, you're saying, let me be cut up like these animals. Let my blood be spilt, my body broken, if I fail to keep my covenant with you. Like, covenants are serious business back then. Imagine if our O2 contracts had that little clause in them as well. Like, walking through and blood. Um, And so Abram lays it all out, like, like lines it all up. And then verse 12, um, verse 12, have a look. Abram walked through, followed by the Lord God. Hey, that's what we'd expect it to say. Like, Abraham walks through, the lesser party followed by the greater party. But, but verse 12, have a look at it. Abraham fell into a deep sleep. <laughs> so, there's this isle of blood laid out, and Abraham's having a kip. So, like, who signs this covenant? Who walks on through? Verse 17. 
When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking brazier with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. The living God. The original kind of readers of this, Israelites have left Egypt, have been following fire and smoke. And what does verse 17 say? Fire and smoke descends, lighting up the night sky and going between the pieces. This is the living God rocking up. And it's amazing. God says, trust what I do. And on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham. Abraham, you want proof that I'm going to be good to my word and good to those promises? I'm laying my life down for you. I swear on my life. Um, since, since, Since there was no one greater of him to swear by, he swore by himself. The Lord God Almighty is putting his immortality on the line here for Abraham. He's saying, I, the immortal one, will die if I ever break this covenant with you. That's how committed I am to you, Abraham. I'm all in. I swear by my life. Trust what I do. I love this. Here's what one writer said. Um, God kind of says, if this covenant is broken, Abraham, for whatever reason, for my unfaithfulness, Or for yours. Because notice, only God goes through. No, Abraham. God's taking both sides here. God says, I will pay. I will pay the price in blood. And at that moment, Almighty God pronounced the death penalty on his son, Jesus. Because this Genesis 15 moment, it echoes another moment of like slaughter and, and, and blood spilt and bodies broken. On the cross where God dies. Where Jesus dies. Um, the living God dies. And in that moment is God fulfilling his promises. He dies not because of his unfaithfulness to us. Oh no. God dies because of our unfaithfulness to him. He takes our punishment. He takes our death so we can live in relationship with him. And hey, this is the message of Christianity. That our God loves us so much and wants to be in relationship with us so much that he has made it possible by dying on the cross. That's the message of Christianity that Alfie believes, that Margaret believes, that that we believe here. And see to have access to that brand new life. That, 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 that this amazing offer of life with God forever. Well, we follow Abraham, the man of faith. Believing God and he counts it as righteousness. And hey, maybe Christianity is different to what you expect. Maybe you want to kind of investigate and see this Jesus a bit more clearly. Well, come and chat to us. We'd love to tell you more about him. Um, and kind of to wind down, just imagine a what on that next day, he wakes up buzzing. Like, imagine the euphoria, the joy. My God has made a covenant with me. Woo! And like, there will be dark and difficult times coming on. But Abe had two kind of signs to come back to. The stars every night twinkling. I, I will keep my promise. Trust what I say. And the covenant to look back on. And what Abe had written in the stars, we have written in the scars of our Lord God Almighty. That God is faithful to his promise and will keep his promises. God promises a pain-free life if you follow him in the future.
He promises resurrection hope if you follow him in the future. And we know that's guaranteed, that's true because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And just like Abe had the covenant to come back to, we have baptism to come back to. Alfie uh, and Margaret, your baptism is a sign. A sign to you that the Lord God Almighty is united with you. You are different people. You are baptized people. What joy. Right? No matter what comes up, you've died with Jesus, you now live with Jesus. Let that kind of shape your life. See, God says to Abraham, trust what I do, trust what I say. And we see that trust most fully like, fulfilled on the cross. Let me pray. Father, thank you for this amazing passage of scripture. It, Lord, it looks weird on the first, first glance, but thank you that in there we see faith. We see how someone can become a Christian and love the Lord Jesus by, by faith. And we see an amazing example of grace too, of you dying on a cross so we could live in relationship with you. What an amazing picture. Thank you so much, Father. Amen.